Mannequin Friends. Mannequins. We've now dubbed you guys the Mannequins. Our listeners, our followers, the faithful who did not leave us on our month and a half hiatus. So, uh, none of you. But, <laughs> anyways, we, uh, we're talking about Jonah today. So, first off, Austin, how was your travels? Oh, it was, it was swell. It was, um, we went, I went to Miami with my girlfriend and visited her family. And that was pretty cool. We sailed some boats with some dolphins and uh, cool stuff like Why that. Why did you sail on the dolphins? Well, I'm a little bit afraid of ocean sharks, which the any... dolphins probably could have protected me from. But Did you see any gangster fish? Uh, <laughs> we're not going there. <laughs> we're not going there. Oh, you know they're there. No, nope. They're there. I'm not even going to do the voice. <laughs> yeah, we better stay away from that one. Okay. Well, well, good. I'm glad yeah, you're. How was, how was your trip? Oh well, you know it was awesome. Yeah, I know it's your uh, your favorite place, Disney World. Man, I can't get enough. I yeah. always draw them back. And you guys want to go to Disney World? Yeah. Anybody wants to go to Disney World, hit me up. Get Free shout out. DMs, whatever. Tell me, I'll take you because I want to go all the time. Uh, so if yeah, want- it was a good time. Went with went with a buddy and his family and. Uh, showed them around. They had never been, so got to let them see what it's all about. And they left with my favorite ride being their favorite ride, so that was all I cared about. And you probably gave them the full tour. They didn't have to pay for like a. No, actually, they they like were up before the sun. I think half the days and mm. going hard. And then I would meet up with them like at eleven o'clock after I'd had my sleep. It's still vacation. I still got to get my sleep in. But yeah. then I would stay out all night when they would go back to the room. Sleeping's for the dead, man. Well, sometimes it makes me not dead because I get enough sleep. That's true. I, I live life with like five hours of sleep, so it's I wish cool. I could do that. I honest to goodness, they would give me so much more time for activities and other things that I need to do. Yeah, it, it's good some days, and there's other days where you wake up and you hate your life to so you have a pot of coffee and a pot of coffee. Yeah, I'm just getting. Pot. <laughs> I'm just getting to where I like the taste of it. I'm a large person. Takes a lot of coffee. <laughs> It takes it takes a lot of caffeine to get that body moving. Yes, <laughs> you got to have that extra torque. The first cup is like the warm up, like when you're <laughs> stretching before you go. You, you do your warm up jog or whatever. You know, it's like getting the car to turn over for the first. You just got to get it to. By the time I get to about half a pot, I'm starting to be like, oh, hello, day. <laughs> but the full pot's where it's at. I got one cup in me, and then I normally have to go to the bathroom pretty quick after that. Yeah, coffee poops, man. <laughs> it's the real thing. It's not fake. There's something else. <laughs> there's, a, there's a whole different kind of prayer time. Maybe back to Jonah now. <laughs> okay, yeah, Jonah, yeah. Hey, we're talking about Jonah this week. Hopefully you liked our uh, talk last week about um, Josiah. Yeah. I say yeah. last week very loosely. but uh, <laughs> Whenever it was. Yeah, we're going to talk about Jonah and that big nasty whale that swallows him up. And a whale. Okay, so you know it says fish. It does say fish. The we reason ass- we assume whale is because it'd be the only thing we assume somebody could live in. Right. Yeah. I mean, probably not going to be inside of like a little perch or something. Um, that seems a bit some plankton. Right. That seems a bit unlikely. Yeah. But oh, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Never do it again. Okay, sorry. <laughs> just, just kidding. Uh, but yeah, it does say fish. Doesn't specify or anything. So, if for all we know, it was a dinosaur. Could have been. Could it have been was like Nessie. A, it could have been Nessie. 
Hey, listen, so, don't mess with that stuff, man. I'm not so sure that Nessie's not real. It's uh, Nessie and Sasquatch. You know, they were in a team. In a team? Yeah. But, uh, so, uh, I guess we'll just start. You guys go ahead and read Jonah right now, all four chapters. I know that's a lot, and, like, it takes some time out of your, your day to actually sit down and read the Bible, but there's this crazy thing. You, you might learn something. So, <laughs> go ahead and read it. And then we'll talk about it a little bit and see what we thought about it. You can make your own conclusions. Yeah, it's it's not that long of a book. So Austin kind of made it sound glum, gloom, glum, doom, gloom. I don't know what words I'm trying to say. Some of those, some combination of those words. Oh, it sounded glummy gloom to me. Glummy gloom. That's what it is. Anyway, it's it's really short. It's full of ups and downs. If you guys like roller coasters, then come with me to Disney World, and also you'll enjoy this book. So go read it, and we'll be right back. Okay, we're back. So, now that you've read it, let's start start with chapter one. Yeah, so the first thing that pops out to me in chapter one is like, the Lord calls to Jonah, right? He says, uh, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. And Jonah, right away, it says, Jonah got up and he went in the opposite direction. <laughs> yeah, man, that's... Cool. I'm like, but the crazy thing about that is how many times... Have I done that? Or how many times have you done that? Or anybody? Like, you see this, this, let's say you see somebody, you know, sitting there, and they look like they're in a distressed state. And you're like, wow, I should go, like, you feel led to talk to them. And you're like, nope, not today. You just turn around and you walk the opposite direction. And you're just like, it's not for me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, anybody who's heard my testimony about the fact that when God called me to preach, um, I immediately started doing the opposite of stuff that you would think a preacher should do. Just trying to be dumb and basically trying to convince God, hey, you, you got the wrong guy. I don't need to be living like, I don't need to be in that in that area of life. That's, you don't want me for that. And so, and then eventually, just like Jonah, I came back because I realized the toil and hardship that I went through. Mm-hmm. in that moment like what it really did to me and so it's funny how when you realize god's plan and you're like but you doubt it you go that's impossible i'm gonna run from that as far as i can i'm gonna prove to you that i'm not worthy of doing that i can't do that yeah and, and you're gonna try and prove to god that the person that he called it can't do it yeah that's that's the wildest thing the person that- the person that he created and called for that <laughs> specific job you're gonna try and convince him that, you know, I can't do this. God, I know that you are all knowing, but I think you're wrong on this one. It's, uh, so, um, after that, Jonah kind of, uh, he goes out on this ship. He convinces these sailors that he needs to get away from God as far as possible. One, one quick thing. Jonah tries to sail away from God. The omnipotent, omnipresent being, Jonah tries to sail as far away from him as he can because God is a physical being and he won't be on a boat. I mean, yeah, it seems seems logical to me. I'm, I'm sure that you guys all think it does too, but yeah, that's... Sometimes when I just don't want to hear what God has to say because it's too hurtful, too harmful, I go hide in my closet, <laughs> put a blanket over my head, and I say, God, you can't see me here. And you know, that, that would scare me. I couldn't do that. I'd be in the dark. <laughs> it's... But it just, it's its ridiculous. You can't hide but, from God, guys. That's what we're trying to get across to you. Whatever you think you're hiding from God, its you're probably not hiding it from God. 
Uh, so, like, in this story, God plays bad cop, bad cop. <laughs> and when Jonah refuses to do what God asks, God, like, sends this storm on this boat. And this, these sailors are praying to their gods. Okay, so they're, like, praying to whoever they worship. Doesn't matter to me. And uh, finally they go find Jonah, who's sleeping in the boat. He's sleeping during the storm. He's like, I'm not worried about it. Whatever. You know, God's angry. Cool. And uh, they ask him what's going on. And Jonah basically is like, my God is angry at me for disobeying him. And uh, so these sailors go back up. And, well, first they kind of chastise Jonah. Yeah. And they, they um, are like, why are you running from your Lord? Da, da, da. They're terrified. And then they pray to God, our God, and say that they will give up all of their gods they worship to worship him. What do they need to do to prevent the storm from killing them? And then they throw Jonah off the boat. It's kind of cool, the the word that it used. So in verse 16, whenever they're doing this, it says, So the men feared Yahweh greatly, and they offered a sacrifice to Yahweh and made vows. So that word, the feared, um, it says the word yiru, I guess is the Greek word or whatever, Hebrew, which I think it's Hebrew word, whichever one's being, I can't remember. It means feared, is meaning feared is used here in the sense of worship. Jonah claimed to fear Yahweh, but the non-Jewish sailors are the ones who actually show him proper reverence. So that's so with that being said, like I one thing that I thought was really cool about this is how Jonah goes the wrong way, trying to run from God. He goes on this boat with people trying to get away from God, people who don't know God, and God uses that moment and uses Jonah's running to say, Well, while you're here I'll save these people too. Yeah. And so I just, I think that that's kind of cool is like, even in our mistakes, God can use those for triumphs. And I know that I've had that many times in my life where I've went ways that I thought was correct and it wasn't. And God ended up using that as something that was great for him. Even if it was like, not always great for me, what he brought out of it brought him glory and helped bring people to him and things of that nature. And so mm-hmm. I, that's just kind of like a cool thing. Yeah, even if you do something wrong or incorrect, as far as like God's will is, like you're not actually following it, when you realize you're not following it, and you turn around like Jonah and was like, hey, you got to throw me out. Like God will use that moment that possibly to use your life to help be a witness and a light to him to other people's light. Yeah. Lives, sorry, not light. Mm-hmm. It's a. Uh, it's just crazy that God can. He can do anything with our mistakes. He can even make the best situation come from that. Yeah. And where we fail, He doesn't. And so, thank goodness. That is a. That is a good thing. Now for the trickiest part, probably of this whole passage, Jonah gets swallowed by a giant fish. <laughs> I don't know how many people you know that have been swallowed by a giant fish for three days and spat back up on a beach, but. I personally have never met one. If you meet one, please let me meet this merman. You know that I actually read that the three days, I mean, still three days, whatever, but what I read was um, it's possible that it was one full day and two half days, which is still a long time in a fish's belly, but just kind of like an interesting little side note that it maybe 
wasn't like a full full three days. I just thought that was kind of neat because I never so knew like, that he was swallowed at the half day point, and then he spent one full day, and then at the half day point again was spit back out. Right, could have been something okay. along those lines. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Just kind of neat. Hmm. But no, I still wouldn't want to be in a fish's belly that long. Anyways, if you ever met somebody that spends two half days and a whole day in somebody's in somebody's belly in a fish's belly, not just anybody's belly, that's a little weird. But still a no for me. <laughs> yeah, still I haven't met anybody that's done that <laughs> and survived. And uh, you know, so but anyways, Jonah gets swallowed by this fish. How this happens, what kind of fish it is, is beyond me. I don't know. I'll ask God someday, or maybe I won't. But uh, Jonah then uh, he uh, he says this prayer, and he just kind of cries out to God, and he talks about you know how God he feels like God has abandoned him. He threw him into the the ocean depths, into the heart of the sea, and the uh, actual Hebrew term for heart there does mean it means uh, like center of the ocean, basically. Right? Is that right? Do you know that? Do what? I think the Hebrew word for a uh, heart in that specific verse means the center of the ocean. Oh, I don't. I don't know. I'm not for sure on that. I know that he prays about um, from the belly of Sheol. Is that what you're talking about? I called for my distress to Yahweh, and He answered me from the belly of Sheol. I cried for help. Is that what you're talking about? No, but that is another good one. Well, that one Sheol. Uh, I, and I showed you the picture earlier mm-hmm. of the how the Israelites thought the earth was shaped. Yeah. Sheol, they thought, was either like a dusty or a very like dark, watery place. Mm-hmm. So he's like literally thinking that he's being taken to the center of the earth as far away from God as he possibly can. Because yeah. they think that it like open like the sky like opens up into the heavens and there's just like one entryway from the heavens to them. Mm-hmm. And so he thinks that he's getting as far away from God as possible, which is kind of interesting. Um, I mean, I'm. I know there's been times in my life where I, I always know that God has been there. Mm-hmm. I feel like in my life, I may not have always been the smartest in my decisions, but I know that God was always there because mm-hmm. I've been saved since I was a little kid. And I, in a whole different discussion, I didn't really understand the way grace and the law worked and how like the laws are there to show us where we do wrong, but grace is what saved us. My my brain didn't fully comprehend how that works for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so many times I can remember like praying prayers of salvation and like thinking that I wasn't saved and just because I made one little mistake. And that was just a misunderstanding of scripture in my young age. Um, I all the time, like I know when I was little, when I asked God to be my the savior of my life, I know that that was real. And then from then on, it was just a misunderstanding for me is what I think. And so that being said... Um, I know that there have been times where I've been dark and feeling bad, just like Jonah, and like thinking, like maybe I'm getting as far away from God as I possibly can. But He was still always there, and He is always here too. Like He was always watching over Jonah, mm-hmm. and so it's it's still even in those dark places. Whenever it feels like you're as far away from God as possible, I think that that's a really good message to remember because the enemy's like main goal is when we think those things, is he's going to attack on that and latch onto that thought. And it can be a devastating spot to be because when you get to one of those moments, like he's got the grip and he's like got a hold. And um, basically a good way to equate it, I think, is I heard a Louis Giglio came and spoke at James River one Sunday and talked about how um, Jesus has set the dinner table for you and him. 
And there's only, I mean, there's a seat for you and there's a seat for Jesus. And you're there communing and it's just you guys in a, in a, in a spot together where it's just the two of you. Mm -hmm. And the problem is, is sometimes we let Satan have one of those seats and eat with us. And then so, like when you get in those spots is when Satan's really trying to sit down and join your table. Um, by the way, good song for that whole analogy is Come to the Table by Sidewalk Prophets, Make You Cry. Anyway, I just went on a long tangent to basically say when he's in the belly of this whale or fish or whatever and he's praying, um, it's a lot like when we get in those moments where we're in the dark and maybe it's not the dark belly of a whale, but it's kind of the equivalent to it where Satan's trying to sneak in there and sit at your table and so many analogies going at one time right now. <laughs> I, I think the coolest part about this prayer is it really showed me that Jonah is just like the Ninevites that God is sending him to. Because mm -hmm. he, just like them, is running from God. Yeah. He, just like them, is disobeying God. He, he's ignoring God. He's And this prayer shows that, that that separation from God, you feel like you're in the middle of the sea. The, the innermost part of the earth is detached and separated from the light as possible. Mm -hmm. and, and you just feel like it's, it's this life-draining, this siphoning feeling that... This depression, I guess, because that, that's a word that's used a lot nowadays is depression. But it's what it feels like that your life or your light is being drained from you. And he depicts that right there in that first half. But the coolest part to me is the second part of that prayer, which leads perfectly into the next chapter. When it's him saying, I'm going to turn away from this. I'm going to do what you ask of me. I'm going to sacrifice to you more than any person those sailors had before, you know, I'm going yeah. to, I'm going to give it to you because salvation comes from you alone. Yeah. Yeah. He, it was, what did it say? It's a prayer of, um, Thanksgiving and, mm -hmm. and trust in, in his God, because he knows that he can be delivered. Um, and that's another thing. He's kind of in his lowest low right now at that moment. And, he has no, almost no choice but to trust in God. It's one of those cliche sayings, you know, when life knocks you on your knees, you're in the perfect position to pray. Yeah, I know that's. I've heard that saying before, but right yeah, there. that's that's pretty much exactly what it is. But so, but yeah, but, and then of course, as we know, he gets out of the belly, as you guys know, because you've read, right, right, you read it. Okay, good, thanks. If, if you haven't, let's take a second and read it right now. Okay, cool. So. Now that you've read it, we'll discuss. <laughs> now, now that we're back on topic here. Um, so this leads right back. He gets spit out of the belly of the whale, and he's going to Nineveh. And what is he going to Nineveh to tell them? He's going to tell them that they are wicked, and God has is coming to destroy Nineveh. Right? God's coming to absolutely just wipe this place off the earth. You know, you've heard of God's wrath in the Old Testament. This is no big deal. This is a common thing. And Jonah's coming. Let me just pause for a second this thought because I'm thinking right now that Jonah's going into this city of some of the most dangerous people in the world. This also, uh, a city that, if you read, it's a journey of three days across the city. Mm -hmm. That is a large dude. A large dude of lots of people that don't serve God and care nothing for what God stands for. And... Um, so I'm just, when I was reading this, I just imagined, you know, walking into some, some 
mob base or whatever, like some Bratva, you know, some Russian mobsters. And you walk in, these are some dangerous dudes. They don't care. They'll hide your body somewhere, you know, or they'll just pay people to say, oh, their body's gone. We don't know where it is. And yeah. he's walking into the city with basically those guys. And he's like, hey, my God's going to destroy you because you don't serve him. And you basically cast him away. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I'm going to do that. And, and Jonah has to do that to those kind of people. So just imagine that. Would you do that one? To Gosh, I don't know. There's no way. There's no way. I would I would run as well. Like, I'm so scared. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the reaction to these people is not like, you know, let's pick up our guns and, you know, or I guess swords or whatever and just chop this guy to bits or, you know, whatever they did at that time. It's, wow, yeah. his God is coming to destroy us. What do we do? And they start... They, they like wear animals, uh, don't they wear? It says, and the people of Nineveh burlap. believed in God, and they proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them yeah. to the least important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just immediately, they're like, "Oh, we should listen to this guy." But they don't stop there. It's, so it takes Jonah three days. So as he's going, he finally the word gets to uh, the king of Nineveh, and he dresses himself in burlap, and, and he says, "Not." So no one, not even the animals from your herds or flocks may eat or drink anything. Not even the animals. He may, like, he's like, everything will fast here. And they, and they fasted. Yeah, yeah. Fasted. I don't know if you guys have ever been on a fast. <laughs> Brock is speaking from personal experience <laughs> as of this week, too. It's hard. This is actually, I did a little short one just to kind of, like, get my mind set right for some of the things that are going on in my life, but... I haven't had meat for four days, or milk, or sugar, and it's hard. And he got the whole city to do that. The whole and their animals, some cranky cows, man. Oh, did they have to fast grass? I don't know. They just probably <laughs> like how do you get a cow to like you can't eat that grass? We're gonna sit you on the beach, put a fence in front of the ocean so you can't drink the salt water. Are you sure that it made? Where does it say the animals fast? Look right here. Right there in verse 7, no one, not even the animals from your herds and flocks may eat or drink anything at all. Good grief. Yeah. Uh, good luck with that dude uh, getting a cow. No, I just don't, I don't see how you can do that. I don't know. But he says, and perhaps even your God will change his mind and bring peace to us. That's what? That's what, that's what the king says. Oh. Not Jonah. Jonah's, Jonah's sitting there listening to this, and he's, like, scoffing. He's like, do whatever you want, people. You're about to burn. Like, Jonah's a Southern Baptist here. And, oh, sorry, Southern Baptist, but he says, fire, brimstone, y'all gonna burn. It's okay. Do what you want. So, okay, yeah, because, yeah, Jonah was like, hey, your city's going down in 40 days. And so, I guess, it's weird that they, that they just believe that, but that the king... I mean, yeah, the king believes it. Yeah. It's like you walk into the Bratva and they like they hear you say, "Hey, my God's coming to take out this whole place. You're done." And they just like drop their guns and start crying on the floor, bowing down to God and like praying. And it's it's like that level of like what? I mean, I don't really advocate for the uh, approach of fear is the best way to bring believers, but. In Jonah, it has seemed to work on two different occasions. I I would say so. I mean, I've always been kind of like the the love is what's going to make it last. But I guess fear's a good way to bring it on, and then. But I, I think that's interesting because Jonah realizes the love of the Lord 
in his prayer as well. And you see the love of the Lord on the sailors when he grants them peace. But then also here you see the love of the Lord when he's like, oh, you know what? I will spare you. Yeah, he shows the love eventually, but I was just making a point to how like the initial reaction is from the fear and not of love. It's not, it's not the way I would always suggest to go about it. I wouldn't, you know, just scream at your friends and stuff. You're going to die and go to hell. Have you ever seen that? All right, this is this video and it's this pastor and he's talking about, he said, there was this kid and he's just doing all this stuff. And, and you know what? He started getting at me and all I did, I, I just punched him right there. And I said, man. You gotta get your life right. I have seen that, <laughs> have video. Seen that video. That is a terrible way to witness. <laughs> that is awful. I, that video is hilarious. Don't punch people in the face you, to try to get them to church. Probably shouldn't punch people in the face. I didn't see Jesus doing that in that the is, New that Testament. That is awful. But if you're thinking Old Testament salvation, he flips some tables. Jesus does flip a table. Maybe he flipped one into a guy that he was mad at, but on accident. It was an accident, of course. <laughs> Jesus, but anyways, don't. Stress again, don't punch people to get them to go to church, please. There was a joke. Yeah, I mean that guy did it, but I would not that's not a that's not a good way to like do it. Like it just makes no sense. Don't don't do it. Don't do it. Anyway, back to Jonah. But there is a small percentage that would work. Anyways. Um <laughs> So it basically they do all this fasting, they put burlap sacks over their head, all this crazy stuff that we would think is crazy today if people did. Well, not the fasting, but you know what I mean. When sometimes, though, man, sometimes. Hey, vegetarians, crazy people. <laughs> when and it says, when God saw what they had done and how they had put a stop to their evil ways, He changed His mind. It did not carry out the destruction. He He basically, you know, spares them. And the next chapter, and Jonah praised God for saving their lives. False. That's not how it happened. The if you had read it, you would have known that. The next chapter is literally titled, in my Bible, Jonah's Anger at the Lord's Mercy. Come now, on, Jonah. Come on, son. Whose man's is this? Th- think about that a little bit. Mad at the Lord's Mercy. Man, that sounds really stupid. How how could we ever get mad that God saves someone like that, that God is using someone like that? Or how could we ever get, you know, how, how many times have you ever looked at somebody and said, they're not really saved. Oh, uh, that's probably the same thing. Oh, that, that got a little more of you right there, huh? Isn't it? Didn't it? Like, how many times have you been like, like for for instance, there's this guy I went to college with, and he had just gotten out of 15 years in prison, and he was like that that year had just gotten out of prison, and he said I was saved by the Lord. I started a prison ministry in there, and he's like, this is a guy of those guys who's got like tattoos up and down his arms, on his face, his neck, and like. Man, there were so many people that looked at him and were like, you're not saved. I will not believe it. I cannot believe it. And they were angry that he was there. You know what I mean? Yeah. They were angry at the Lord's mercy. I think the the beginning of it, of chapter four, almost reads like, you know, it was like Jonah was saying to God, he's like, see, I told you you would destroy the city. I knew this was going to happen. Yeah. And it's kind of like when he's like one of those guys, like, see, yeah. you wouldn't do it. I knew it. I should have just stayed home because you're too <laughs> compassionate, God. You love too much. It's like, man, I could have just not come here. They could have kept living their evil ways and we wouldn't have had to deal with any of this fish stuff. Yeah, you would have just, you just destroyed them. Like, and then we, they would have been gone. And then. We wouldn't have to do any of this. And God's reply is so like, 
it's man, I feel like this is something like my mom or somebody would say to me, and it's just simply, it, is it right for you to be angry about this? Oh, my dad 100% has said that to me. Like, it's just like not even, why are you so angry? Stop being angry. It's like, come on, is this right for you to be angry about? And you start thinking about it, you, you realize, oh, you're right, but you, you get angry even more because they're right. And, and then, <laughs> even then, it doesn't show an answer. I'm sure that Jonah answered at some point. I just like, at verse 5, he like goes and makes a camp outside the city just to see in hopes that maybe God will still destroy it. Oh, I totally took that as he's pouting. <laughs> oh, he, yeah, he's definitely he's pouting. Totally pouting. He's, he's like, just, I'm, he, I'm going to watch him. He's going to destroy this thing. I he, can see it He's coming. got like his bottom lip poked out and he's like, I'm going to sit right here till you burn the city. <laughs> I'm going to sit right here till it's destroyed and I don't have to deal with you no more. This is, oh, so sad. And that's uh, like, man, and he sits there and and God prepares this plant to grow with this giant leaf over Jonah's head to give him shade. And Even like, when he's like mad at God and pouting about God saving people, God still like protect, like gives him some shade for his discomfort and protects him. Still, 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 still. Don't worry, God's about to throw some shade. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because he also sends a worm to eat the stem of the plant so that it dies. In the middle of the hottest part of the day. Backhand. And God's just like, huh, take that. <laughs> and, and Jonah, he gets so upset, he says, death is certainly better than living like this. And I sit here and I wonder, is it is death certainly better than living like this in the hot sun where he's just like, feel his physical body is fading? Or death is certainly better than this where somebody like that could be spared? I don't know. But I think that Jonah is like kind of a diva. Yeah. If we're being honest. Drag queen. Oh, I that's a little different. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's something very different. <laughs> Ignore that. I threw that in there for my girlfriend who will listen to this eventually. Just so she could hear the word drag queen? She she enjoys going to those kind of things. What? Yeah, for real. Don't that's don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. It's on a <laughs> podcast. She doesn't care. She likes that <laughs> stuff. She posts about it on Instagram. That's kind of strange. I don't think I could do that. It's uh, I don't know. It's, some girls are into that stuff, though, and I support it. So. Yeah. Uh, well, good for you. I yeah, mean. I support her. And uh, anyways, so. Hi, Izzy. <laughs> hey, beautiful. <laughs> oh, and, gosh. And uh, anyways. So God says to Jonah after that, he says, is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? Is it right for you to be angry about this? And then is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? And Jonah's like, yes. Yeah, I should be angry. You took my shade. And he says, even angry enough to die. Like he's throwing this teenage fit. Like that's like when your mom's like takes away your cell phone or something or for your older crowd. I don't know what they would take away, but like, I'm so mad. I want to die. They take away your outdoor privileges because that was the same as the internet back then. And um, he's like, that's when you look at her and you're like, I'm just, I would rather die. Or like, you know, I wish I had never been born. That kind of thing. And God says, you feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and died quickly, but Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? You would think so. And yeah. that's like, that's his children. Mm -hmm. That's his children. It's, and I mean, 
I don't know. It's also that's a really weird way to end a book. Like <laughs> it's just done. Like curtain closed. That was God dropping the mic. He did too. He likes to drop. He likes to mic drop in the Old Testament. Was he mic dropped on Job too. Yeah, hard. He's a. That's one of Dylan's favorite mic drops. He did the Job. mic drop before it was cool. Job has some. A lot of mic drops. God's yeah, just man. like, I'll throw the mic here, throw it over there, throw it here. You got any more mics? I'm going to drop it again. <laughs> I'm going to pick this one up, and I'm going to let you know about it again. I got to keep dropping mics. Uh, yeah, God, mic I kind of picture, like, listening to this, God is just like, oh, these guys. God's Come like, on. you wait for the mic drop. <laughs> you wait, it's coming. <laughs> Anyways. But, yeah, I mean, the whole, the whole story of Jonah, it just kind of uh, really shows me. Because I see a lot of myself in Jonah. Yeah. Because there's so many times when I've run from what I've been called to do. And then I turn around and said, okay, I'll do it. But then I'm like, when the thing I don't want to happen happens, I'm like, well, what the heck? Like, why am I even doing this? You know? And and I think a lot of us can relate to that in some way, shape, or form. Maybe it's not specifically with, like, preaching or saving a city or, you know, or telling a city they're about to be nuked. Yeah. You know, but I think a lot of us do understand what that is, whether it's like your daily life in church. You're called to serve in church, but when you see somebody else serving in the way that you were called to serve, that you're like, wow, you shouldn't be here. Yeah. You know? I think I think one of the main themes to take away from the book of Jonah is really like learn from his ignorance toward the end and just be grateful. Like, mm-hmm. this is... If God does a work in you, even if it's something that, like, maybe you didn't necessarily want to see happen, I don't know if that even makes sense. Like, because if you're doing a work for God, you should be thrilled to see people being saved. But anyway, at any rate, you should always be, like, grateful for what God has done for you. You should be grateful for, like, God's saving lives, especially if it's, like, somebody that you don't really like. That's a good one. Like, because this is essentially just a person, in quotes, because it's a giant city, but it's a person that Jonah doesn't like and doesn't doesn't think that is worth saving almost. And so, cause he wants, like he says, you like tell him he's going to destroy the city. And then whenever he saves the city, he's not like thrilled about it. And so it just feels like Jonah is it's just this person that Jonah doesn't like. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I know that there's been in the past where I'm, I've seen people get saved or whatever. And I've almost been kind of like, Oh, you know, or is that real? Like you were saying, is that real? Or mm-hmm. are they going to be able to hold up on that? No, that's not what we should do as believers. We should be building that person up, even if it's not face to face. If it's in prayer and just saying, you know, I I want to see this person successful. Like we should never want to see anybody fall short of the kingdom of heaven. We should never want to see anybody not make it because what waits for them on the other side is a disaster and it's the worst possible thing you can imagine and not because it's hell and not because it's weeping and gnashing but because it's a separation from God their creator their lover the one who made them the one who wants to be with them for all eternity and I mean I can think of people that I don't even want to spend another of my mortal days where I don't get to see them a family you know Mm -hmm. there's people like that An, an eternal creator and I, it's just, I don't want to deprive anybody of missing out an opportunity to love and be with their heavenly father and essentially wishing that somebody would not be saved or something like this is wishing that they would have separation from their eternal father. And that is just, 
I cannot fathom that. And maybe it's just because the love that God has for me is so overwhelmingly powerful yeah. that he, he, I don't think that myself has the compassion for humans like that. I think that that compassion that I have for people like that is, is from God. Yeah. So I just, yeah, I, I definitely, I see where you're coming from. From for me, from Jonah, it's definitely to live a life of obedience to the Father, mm-hmm. and, and that goes right along with what you're saying. It's uh, obedience and just a servanthood to when God calls you to do something, do it with love. Yeah, and I, now we're going to talk about Jesus a little bit here mm-hmm. because that's what Jesus brings. Jesus is, applies to every topic in the Bible, no matter what it is. And the Bible's pretty much a let's set it up for Jesus. Now let's tell you what Jesus did for us so that we can meet him again. Now here's what to do after Jesus died until he comes back. Yep. And uh, love. I mean, if you get one thing from Jonah, it is don't let emotion control you. Let love control you. So I that's all I really have. I don't have a, I mean, my note page um, is pretty yeah, it's pretty bare. I know you guys can't see it, but it's... It says Jonah. Yeah, there's, there's not a lot of words on there. <laughs> right, so uh, I my note-taking for this was pretty rough. Um, we just kind of came at it, you know, just with the story, knowing the story. We know it's like a pretty well-known story, but I was just kind of feeling like Jonah was something that was applying to me right now, you know, going maybe possibly going somewhere that you don't know if you're prepared to go or... Maybe you didn't necessarily want to go, but God has called you. And I just, I want to look at my situation that I'm particularly in, mm-hmm. the opposite of how Jonah does when he gets there. Like, you know, it's it's probably not a place I really want to go back to, you know. But yeah. the people there, I want to love on them and I want to have appreciation for them. And I want to show them God's love and God's grace. And I want to bring them into a closer relationship with him that sure. I want every single person to have. For sure. So... That's it for this episode, guys. Uh, we're hoping not to have these big breaks anymore, that we're just going to keep popping them out uh, and have them ready for you guys to listen to. Uh, if you guys have any topics you want to hear about, let Austin and I know. Until then, we're just going to keep talking about whatever we can find. Whatever we want. Yeah. Yeah, it's about us. It's I'm a, just kidding. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. So you know the drill. Share with your friends. Share with your granny. Peace. Yeah.